Very warm greetings to all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now let us turn our Bibles once again to 1 Samuel. We continue in the study of 1 Samuel. Specifically, we are going to look at chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Now here, we move to another scene, another scene, as we have read in our scripture reading. Now here we have, very clearly, in verses 1 to 10, very obviously, the calling, God's calling for Samuel. God's calling for Samuel. Now you say, what can we learn from God calling a person? Well, the title today is A True Call, A True, Genuine Call from God. Maybe as a worshipper, say, well, you know, these are things that church worry about, full-time workers, pastors, boards, they need to worry about these things. Well, why should I be interested whether the call is true or not, right? Now, remember, if you look at chapter 2, look at chapter 2. Now, the priest's failures, the full-time priest's failures, caused so much grief to the people. They went to the temple wanting to worship God, to offer their sacrifices and love to God. But it came to a point in verse 17, they abhorred the offerings of the Lord. Going to the temple was something that was, was just so painful. It sickened their hearts. What are the roles of the priests? Definitely the first one is to offer sacrifices. What is the meaning of the priest offering sacrifices? Now that is to make sure that the people are in the right relationship with God. And when they are in the right relationship with God through those sacrifices, then they are in the right fellowship with God that they are truly saved. And then when they are truly saved, they are truly walking in closeness with God. The sacrifices were the means by which God showed to them the mediation, the mediation role of the priest. So number one, right, to help the people be in the right relationship and right fellowship and ongoing fellowship with God. Because of the sacrifices. Now, the second thing, the priests, they are to handle the Word of God. They are to study the Word of God, and then they are to teach the Word of God faithfully. In other words, the people, they will come to the temple longing to hear the Word of God. They don't have the written Word like that. The written Word was with the people, the priests. They will long, they will yearn. What does God teach us? What does God want us to do? How does He want us to live? How is God like? What is God like? They were to teach and feed the people, in other words. Now, number three, they were also to do the temple's work. In other words, they were to ensure that the work of God is administered, the temple is administered and run correctly according to the will of God and the word of God. So they are supposed to make sure that the temple is faithful to God, doing the things the way God wants them to do it and for the purposes that God has set up the temple for. So they have these three big roles, right? generally speaking. Now that is the same today as the full-time pastor, the full-time worker. If the person especially is called to the word ministry. Now my point is this, when the priest failed, the people suffered personally. So you must not think that well, all these things are, well, not for us to think about. Now, when you do not understand what a true call is, a few things will happen. Well, obviously, you are going to suffer. The teaching of the Word of God will not be there. And if, that, if it is there, because the priests were wayward back then. You look at them, just in here. They were wayward priests. They abused God's ways. Some of the people learned it. They caused the people to transgress. Eli said, you will fail in your Christian walk. When you don't understand what a true calling is, you will accept anybody. Well, we, we just want a pastor, we just want a full-time worker. Anybody. Now, that is what will happen. Anybody. 
We'll see some of the characteristics afterwards. You will not have a sound church. Yes, you will have full-time workers. But because you don't know what, are the, what is the true call, you don't care. You don't want to know. What happens is this. When the church makes the right decision, you can't even tell. No, we don't like this person. We prefer the other one. You vote wrongly. And when church makes the right decision about how things are to be run, when the pastors do that, you fight against it because you do not know what is the true call. What is the role of the pastor? You fight against it. Or when the wrong person is called and don't have a true call, but you like the person, you support the person, you go against the church to support the person, well, eventually you will suffer. Not only that, the temple was basically in ruins. The church will die. So Christians, don't think this is not a concern to you. It deeply concerns you. The waywardness of the priest then, their errors and all that, caused so much pain. Now look at chapter 3, verse 1. And, child, and, and the child... Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Do you know what that means? The word was precious in those days. Meaning it was very rare. Something precious means very rare. Means they hardly get the word of God. Why? The failure of the priest. It's not that God doesn't want to give them the word. Even when God gives, they corrupt it. They're not interested in teaching. They're interested in their own personal luxury, um, relaxation, and, and, and um, um, life, personal life. That's all. We read about Eli's son, the sons of Belial, all right? Sons of useless. What does it say? If Eli's sons were sons of uselessness, then who, who's the father? Eli, right? Eli himself. When God says they were sons of Belial, who is the father? Belial. Who is, the, who is Belial? Eli. Useless. They were not teaching God's word. It was so precious. It was rare. You imagine when you don't care who the pastor is, just whoever. This is what is going to happen. You go to church. Those who love God will go to church. We're not learning God's word. We hear funny stories or just some rubbish. Or it's, when we hear anything, it's wrong. The people that want the Word of God, they're not going to get it. Well, of course, you don't want the Word of God. You just want a well, short 10 minutes, done, and I can relax. Then it's different. And, and then it says, there was no open vision. What is it? Now, in those days, God in the Old Testament, right? You know in the New Testament, is no longer dreams and vision. Right? It is, the Word of God is complete. Do not add to the Word of God, God says. Do not remove, do not add. So the canon is complete. The Word of God is complete. But in the old days, when it was not yet, it was through visions. There was no open vision. means it was not common at all. God would not even speak to them anymore. This corrupt priest, it's pointless talking to them. So you think that a true call is not important to you, is of grave importance to you. You must understand. You must make sure that in understanding, you support the right call. And at the same time, be able to discern what is not a true call. And then reject that call. When people say, I'm called to be PCW, I'm called to be pastor, I'm called to be this and that. Can you recognize what is it? So it is consequential to you. Many churches will not teach this, all right? Because they want to do what they want to do. What is a true call? Number one. Now, not only that, maybe some of you in your heart you feel, well, I want to go to the full-time ministry. I want to serve God in the full-time ministry. Do you know what is a true call? It's a good thing, a good desire. But that is not enough. It must be a true call. Would you be able to evaluate, check yourself, even if you have a good desire? All right, so that is what I'm trying to set first and foremost. It can affect you personally. It can affect the church. And those who feel that you are called or want to be called, then you better understand what is a true call. So what is a true call? What is a true call? Verses 1 to 10 affords many things about what is a true call, what is not a true call as well. All right? 
So let us, let us learn what is a true call first and foremost. Well, number one, it is God's call. Simple. You say simple? It is God's call. Now, if you look at chapter 3, verse, um, verse 3, now it says, um, the ark of God was where the ark of God was and Samuel laid down to sleep. The ark of where the ark of God was. Now, this was particularly highlighted for us to know. The ark of God in the, in the Old Testament always signified the presence of God. It's supposed to point to the presence of God. Now, here, God introduces first the ark of God. That means, I want you to know something. I want you to say about me. Now, then look at verse 4. And the Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Samuel. Now, in the Hebrew, this, the, there are many times when it's mentioned the Lord called Samuel. It is phrased in a way, the emphasis is on the Lord, not Samuel or the call, but the Lord. That is the emphasis. So, one thing that we must know, a true call must be the Lord's call. Now, you look at verse 6, all right? We saw verse 4. And then verse 6, and the Lord called again. Again, the emphasis is the Lord, God himself. Then look at verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel. Again, the third time. Again, the, the Lord, the Lord. And then you look at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, the same way. The Lord called, repeatedly, four times. Now, God made it quadruply clear, quadruply clear that it is God who called. Now, why must I emphasize that? Because many read this and say, well, Hannah, Hannah was the one who brought Samuel to the temple. Hannah was the one who said, I want my son to be in the temple. Well, he's not from the Levitical line, but I want him to be a the Nazarite priest for the rest of his life. I, I offer him to God, I volunteer him, and I, pre and I want God to, I want Samuel to be this. So many think that, well, it is, they don't notice this. Even though God made it clear, Hannah brought Samuel. But after that, from chapter 3, God made make it four times clear. Please know this, readers. Hannah brought, yes, but it's not Hannah. It is I, the Lord, who called Samuel. So please do not be confused about that. Don't keep saying, well, a mother's vow and so on. All right? we, we will see that afterwards. Now, so that's the first thing. First thing. Number two. Now, it's a personal call. Personal call. Now, every time it's mentioned, look at verse 4. And the Lord called Samuel. God called Samuel. Now, when Eli spoke to Samuel, when Eli spoke to Samuel, Eli would say, my son, my son, my son, my son. But when God called Samuel, not, ah, my son, come here. But he says, Samuel. And every time he mentions calling, he says, Samuel, by name, by name. We read just now, verse 4, verse 6, verse 8, verse 10. And look at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called Samuel as other times. Samuel, Samuel, twice. Twice. You know, like parents, you call once. All right? You call whatever the name is, Samuel. Samuel. But when we say Samuel, Samuel, you know means it's serious. Yeah, I'm not talking to your brother. I'm not talking to anyone else. I'm calling you when you say it twice. It's very personal. So the second thing you must remember, it is a personal call. Now we see much, we see afterwards. It is not someone else. It is not Hannah. So I want to keep emphasizing this. Because when we read this, we are very focused. Hannah brought, Hannah left there, Hannah came back and visited, Hannah made sure that Samuel stayed there. No, God wants us to make sure. No, Hannah can bring every kid to me. It does not matter. Did I call Samuel specifically? So Christian, many people can say, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called to this and that. When you ask, how were you called? Oh, my parents wanted me to do this. Or I feel like doing it. Nothing to do with God at all. So it's personal. Now, then the next we see is a confirming call. Confirming call. Clear and unambiguous. Samuel and Samuel, Samuel. 
very clear. Now, if anyone says, I am called, and you ask, how? The person can't explain and can't describe and can't... Now, you, you better be careful. Someone says, well, I believe I'm called to BBCWA and I'm called to the full-time ministry. Well, how do you know? Can't give you a clear answer. Now, the worst is this. And this is where I think the church must really learn and you must be aware of. There are many people that I've met in my life who like to say, I'm called. And I've met many of them. And I'm, when I first landed in Perth, in BBCWA, I found one here as well. One of the first few things, well, the person is not here anymore. One of the first few things the person kept emphasizing to me is he is called. And then I asked someone else in church, I asked one of the deacons, what is this guy about? I say, ignore him. He goes around telling people he's called. No, but the problem was this. When I said, well, if you're called, then go to the ministry. Yeah, yeah. Then, then go full time. Go full time. He said, well, yeah, 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 you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to be clear. But he likes to say he's called. Say, yeah, one day I will go. I said, well, if you're clear that you're called, then go. But he will not go. But you see, the problem is this. When you do not know what is a true call, it means it's called by God. Not the person feel like. Number two, when it's not a personal call. Number three, when there's no confirming, no matter what he says, ignore. Because what happened then, I noticed was this. This person was not a member of the church. But because he kept saying he's called, the people treated him special. Special. He was allowed to do many things that only members should do, although he did not agree with the church then, but because he says he's called. So he was allowed to, to be president of, of um, fellowship, to lead, to, to speak, and all that. Now, the foolishness is when we do not know what is a true call. We just think when people say they're called, then we begin to treat them like they're called. Now, then, do you wonder why there are so many churches that are destroyed when churches don't understand? The person can keep saying, but when there is no clarification and it's not from God, ignore the person. Now, please be aware of that. Now, here it also makes us, we must remember one thing. A person can declare to be called can even tell you how he's called. But the moment, the moment the person realizes he is not called, and there is nothing wrong with this. I want to emphasize this, all right? Because in the Bible college, I, I remember my, my years there, there's a constant drilling in by the lecturers. Many of you are here, you say you're called. But at any time when you realize you are not called, please, there is nothing wrong, there is no shame to leave the ministry and go back to work. There's nothing wrong with that. Because if you continue and you are not called, you will destroy yourself because that is not your calling. It's not a true call. You imagine the call. Number two, you will destroy the church because you are not called. You will destroy the church and eventually you will destroy your own family if you're married. So we're constantly emphasizing that so that we constantly search our hearts. Now, when a person declares he's not called, it's no difference from the other case that I mentioned earlier on. Do not treat the person special anymore. Because if you do, sooner or later, there will be problems. The point is this. The person is not called. Full stop. Whether the person says he is, whether the person says he is and then realizes he's not, then it is not. Leave it as that. Many churches who do not understand a true call, they go wrong because of that. They treat them special thereafter. Now, I'm not saying that you treat called people special. Special in the sense they are given things that only called people should do. They're given responsibilities that only called people should do, should take. Now, so do you understand a true calling? Please remember, when the priest failed, the, the temple suffered and the people suffered. So this is a serious thing. We are not being unkind or nasty. We are trying to protect the church. Not called means not called, all right? Now then, we must also remember the next thing. Now this is where to the individuals, I want you to be clear. 
Don't say that you are called if you're not called. What do I mean by that? Now, people loosely use this term, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called. Please understand what is a true call. Many today say this, well, I'm called to be a missionary. What do they mean by that? Likewise, we had such in the church often tell me, um, you know, Reverend Joseph, I'm called. I said, what do you mean? I'm called to be a missionary. I said, what do you mean? You know, then the person said, oh, you know, I'm supposed to live in another country, so I'm in Australia. If because I'm in another country, so I'm a missionary in that country. And I'm here, I'm working, so I'm working, and then at the same time, I'm evangelizing, at the same time, I'm doing this and that. Well, I want to come to this country, I want to be in this line of work, but when I'm there, I'm also doing God's work, so I'm a missionary. Don't be, don't use the word lightly and foolishly. Calling is about a full-time call, if you want to talk about that. Everyone is called. Please be clear. Every single one of us, when you are saved, first you are called with a call, irresistible call, to be saved. You're called to be born again. And after that, all of us have a calling. All of us have a calling to live the Christian life. All of us have a specific call to live, to work in a specific place, live in a specific country. You must find that call. All of us have called. Don't use that word, I am called to be a missionary. When you call to be missionary, it means this. It means you give up your full-time job. It means you go to a Bible college and be trained and know the Word of God very well because a missionary, you do God's work. You handle God's work. If you don't, you will destroy churches. So don't, don't, don't say, well, I want to be a missionary, this missionary, that. Everybody is going to work somewhere. That is your calling. And everybody is called to evangelize. Everybody is called to serve in the church. Everybody is called to, to help. And if you're called to do, uh, teach Sunday school, everybody is called. So no one should say, well, because I want to do this work, and then you mix it in and say, I'm a, I'm a missionary. Use the word calling, missionary our calling as a full-time call. Don't confuse that. And don't confuse other people. And church, don't be confused. All right? So all of us are called. But here is specific. The full-time call, a true call to missionary work or to pastoral work or to church work. Full-time call. All right? So don't use this word and confuse people. And yourself. Because if you yourself are confused, you will feel special and then you expect to be treated special and you go there keep thinking that you are special. But the worst is this. When you don't understand a true call, you may be truly called. But because you want to keep your job, you want to make that kind of money, you want that kind of status and recognition in society, but you think that, oh, a call can be that as well. So I meet, I meet pastors, right? I go see doctors, and then the doctor said, what do you do? You know? And I want to share the gospel with them, invite them to church. They said, oh, don't worry, I'm a pastor. It's like, you know, I've taken aback. I'm a pastor. I said, a pastor? But working in a clinic? And you tell me a lot of things, right? I, I, I went mission field and now I'm preaching on Sundays. Now, because, now, you may be truly called, but you think that a true call means you can continue in that. No, don't use the word calling. You may be running away from your call. All right, so please understand a call clearly. It is from God. It is personal. It is confirmed. And don't use it lightly. All right, so that is a clear call. God was very clear. Samuel. Yes, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple. But God called him. And later we'll see next week, God called him to be a prophet. Very specific and God called him to do full-time work. Use the word calling for that. All right? Now, next one. Then we ask ourselves, my friends, are you called? Have you been hearing the salvation call? God keeps bringing you to church. God keeps bringing Christians into your life. You hear the gospel, that Jesus Christ is God, that he came to die for your sins, and there's nothing you can do to wash away a single sin, that you are a sinner, and that you are going to hell unless you turn to him and say, please forgive me, wash away, and, and gladly, and he lovingly give you this gift. God is calling you again and again. 
It's not by chance that you meet Christians. It's not by chance that you come to church. God is calling. I offer you salvation rich and free again and again. Well, you reject that call, there are consequences. You have to pay for your own sins and there's eternity in the lake of fire forever and ever. You can never reincarnate. You can never escape that. Never. Impossible. I just want to divert a bit. Recently, I've been reading about black holes. Black holes in heaven, not the drain in your house, right? Black holes. Because I really want to see the amazing creation of God. And you know, black holes are so immense and can be so huge. They recently discovered one that is, that, that is the size of millions of suns. Right? Millions of sun, our sun. One sun is already so powerful. Millions of sun. And just one ordinary black hole, it, can, it will suck in light. Anything that comes near it, it will suck it in. It defies known signs. Light cannot escape. Once it's sucked in, it cannot come back out. Can you imagine light? You try to keep light out of the window during the daytime to take a rest or in the morning. It's, it's so irritating. It just finds a way in. Light cannot escape. Nothing escapes it. It swallows up. And you know, the unbelievers, they say this. Well, when anything is sucked into a black hole, it's eternally there. There's no, it's absolute no escape. And they say, such a frightening thought. Well, that is what it is. Don't think that hell is a place that, well, you go there and you come out. You're eternally in there. Life of eternal suffering. God offers you this call again and again. Why would you not turn to Him? Because don't think that you will live again and again tomorrow, next week, you'll still be alive. Now we come back to this call, a true call. Now, what it is not. Then we must recognize. We recognize what it is. Church as a church and personally. Now, what is not must be understood as well. Now, first and foremost, it is not volunteerism. Not voluntarism. First of all, not voluntarism by someone else. Volunteered by someone else. Because many people read this and say, oh, the, the mother's vow, Hannah volunteered. And some mothers pray that, right? I also know of very often, parents tell me, when I first came, you know, um, um, preacher Joseph, I want you to know, from, from young, I, I prayed and I volunteered my daughter to be the church pianist. All right? And I always wonder, why don't people ever say that, Pastor, you know, I prayed and I volunteered my child to be um, cleaning the toilet every week in church. But it's always the pianist or the Sunday school teacher, um, that kind of thing. No, I, I, I prayed and volunteered. Yeah? So, so one day if there's a place, you know, make sure that, because I volunteered already, I told God already. Now the first thing to realize, church, we are not bound or obligated God, by saying four times, I called Samuel, and emphasizing the Lord, me, 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 every time, is this. You can volunteer your child. You can volunteer, um, the pastor can volunteer. You can volunteer how many you want. But it is not about volunteerism. Not about a mother's vow, a father's vow, an uncle's vow, that kind of thing. Now, it can be. In this case, well, they vow, but God wants to say, yeah, you can vow, but I am the one who decides to choose and to call. So don't have this idea, parents, that I volunteer my child. Now, so, sometimes you can be volunteered by the pastor. Now, pastors or, or people in church, leaders in church, in any capacity, don't go around and say, you know, I think you're called, you know. I think you're called. And um, you, you should go and consider. Don't plant ideas in their mind, especially young people. Don't plant ideas in their mind. Now, sometimes boards, pastors, or church people think that, well, the person shows potential. Doesn't matter. Many people have many potential. Or sometimes people feel, well, the person fits the bill. Well, the person um, is has the same conviction. The person is willing. The person is popular. The person this and that. Now Samuel made this mistake. You realize that, right? Later on, Samuel, now he saw Saul. Who? Tall, handsome, powerful, strong. 
And you thought, this is the one. Do not be the one that volunteer people and, and make your decision. It's God's call. Right? You have something in your heart, keep it to your heart. Well, some say it is a perfect fit. Can be perfect fit, but only God knows. God did not choose, God did not call. Then don't. Right? Don't volunteer the person, don't encourage the person. You know, sometimes pastors, they want to retire. So they just quickly find someone. They may even say, God told me. Now say, but you say, well, did not Eli say? Did not Eli tell, tell Samuel? Well, go, go, go. No, read carefully. Samuel, Eli did not tell Samuel to go and be called. He just simply says to Samuel, all right? Ask, well, um, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. That is all. Lord, speak. What, what do you want? Thy servant means, I'm here to do your will. He didn't say, you're called to be a prophet, Samuel, so you better go. He said, you go and ask God what he wants to tell you. So don't, don't um, misunderstand these passages and say, Eli called Samuel. No, God called Samuel. Eli told Samuel, go and confer, ask God what he wants from you. Now then, here we learn is pastors, parents, Christians, now beware, beware. Don't be people that go around and um, ask them to, to consider this, consider that. You know, I never forget someone sharing. Pastor kept encouraging this man to go full-time. Volunteer him to the church in the board. Foolish. This man was not called. Years later, this man literally shouted at this pastor in the church. So now you tell me, who's going to feed my family? Because he realized he was not called. He just keep being told that he's called by a pastor. And he's been out of the industry for so long. He can't make a living anymore. And his children are, are grown up and they desperately need education money. He said, now who is going to feed my family? The pastor just kept quiet and pretended he didn't do anything. So please... Don't volunteer. So that is a true call. It's from God. Don't volunteer people. And don't have this idea and then go, Pastor, I think this person is called. That person is called. Just keep quiet. Like, like Eli. Ask the person to go ask God. Now, then the next thing. It is not... Well, actually, at this point, I want to highlight one thing as well. Now, there is sometimes this idea well, you're not sure. Go to FEBC. Take time off from school and go to FEBC. And in the Bible college, then find out whether you're called. What do you think? What do you think? Or they may even quote, you see, Eli was called when he was in the temple, right? Hey, sorry, Samuel was called when he was in the temple, right? So, so yeah, same thing. Go, 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 go and be taught by, by people and then find out your call. Should we encourage people to do that? Please don't. Because, now, because God called people differently in the Bible. God called Moses when he was in the field, looking after sheep, not in the temple. No one was teaching him. God called the disciples when they were fishing. They were not in the temple. Right? Don't use this and keep encouraging people. Or oh, go find God's school. Go to FEBC. Students, you know, why don't you why you waste your time, right? During school holidays, go and find. Maybe God called you to full time, right? Now I'm not saying that there were no cases that this happened and they are genuinely called. But do not tell people what to do to go and find their call. Especially to say this and that. Just tell them, go and find your call and make sure it's from God and it's confirmed from God. That's it. Right? Don't try to be clever. It causes a lot of problems. There are men, as there are more who say that they went to Bible college to find out where they're called, that at the, at the years after they are proven not called and they have left the ministry. Or God has proven that they're not called. Many. All right? So don't use that um, to say it is. It must be. Yes, yeah, sometimes it is. There are also true cases. Now, second about volunteerism. Second thing, volunteerism is personal volunteerism. Personal. Now, this is where you hear someone say, you know, why, why do you say you're called? You know, there are many people who write to BBCWA very often. I believe I'm called 
to Australia. I believe I'm called. I've been following your church um, teachings and your church beliefs. I believe I'm called to your church. Now, if you cannot discern, and one day I'm no longer here, how, how do you know whether the person is a true call or not? Now, personal voluntarism. Now, first and foremost, know this. God taught us that the, priest, the priestly line is only from the Levitical tribe. Who decides who gets born into a tribe? God. So that whole idea was also to teach the people. Now, who are the priests that serve in the temple? I decide because I decide who gets born into the Levitical line. It is not personal voluntarism. Yes, God allowed the Nazarite vow, but it's also allowed by God. God decided. It is not personal voluntarism. Now, some people say, when you ask, now, why do you want? And I've heard sometimes people share testimony. They say, you know, it's such a meaningful work to deal with soul. Such a meaningful work. When you hear that, run away. It's not God's call. Because I feel it is so much more meaningful to handle souls than to handle money. Well, it is true. I don't deny that, all right? But it doesn't mean that when God calls you to be someone in accounting, then it is not meaningful. Please understand calling. That is your true call. If God calls you that, that is meaningful. That is valuable. Where you are there, that is where God will use you to reach someone that the pastor cannot reach. That is where you shine as a testimony that people will come to know who God is. That is where you are. That is meaningful. I find it meaningful because I find that the longer I become a pastor, the, the less people I know that are not in churches. Most of my people that I know are in churches. All right? Maybe this and that, here and there, people that I buy things from and all that, try to make friends with them, to reach out to them. That's all. It's very meaningful. So where you are called is meaningful. Don't say, well, it's a meaningful work. This is self-voluntarism. Now, the other one is, I'm tired of the corporate world. So I want to retire early. There are pastors who say that. Oh, how did God call you? Uh, you know, the corporate world, uh, you know, it's just so, so dog, eat dog, you know, that kind of thing, fighting, uh, just so tiring. Tired of the corporate world. Voluntarism. Some say, I want to retire early. Voluntarism. That's once I heard, voluntarism was this. Publicly shared, my dad is sick. And as a, as a work, working person in the secular world, uh, they, I can't look after him during the daytime. So I decided to go full-time. Right? I decided to go full-time. So daytime, I can look after him because most activities in church are at night. Voluntarism, nothing to do with a call. And churches take them in. Desperate. Need a pastor. Need a full-time worker. Well, whatever the reason. Good fit, you know. Let's take them in. Know what is a true call. God did not quadruply clarify to us. Hannah brought, well, well, Samuel willingly stayed. Nothing to do with that. Not voluntarism. I must call. Understand that. Verse is some people say, I'm gifted. I have a special gift. I notice that I'm better than others in this and that that is useful for the church. Voluntarism. So don't have that kind of idea. Erase it. All right? Don't base it on, on all these things. Did God call me? Clearly. Me, personally. Confirm. Clearly. All right? So as a church, identify that. If not, keep remembering. When the priests failed, you, they suffered and the temple suffered and the name of God suffered. Keep remembering that. Don't get tempted to take volunteers. Well, you have a desire, that is good. But make sure it's God's call, not your desire alone. Now, next one. Not because there's a need. There's a need. Look at verse 1. We know that the word of God was precious in, in those days and there was no open vision. In those days and there was no open vision. There was a great need in those days. It means for some time already. How long? You know the book before this is the book of Judges. The period of Judges. And we studied the book of Judges. It's a, it's a time where people just did what was right in their own eyes. It was a time of chaos, disorder, utter sinfulness. 
It was for a long time. There was no prophet, only judges. Judges. Did the people say, well, hey, no choice. Just put some prophet up. God delayed. It's God's timing. There was a need. Now, dear friends, there's always a need. We have great needs in BPCWA. Do we say just because there's a need and anyone say, I, I volunteer to go full-time? How about that, you know? And then we look at that, wow, all the qualification in the world. There's always a need. The question is, has God called? If God has not called, then it is His timing, His reason. Don't pressurize the, the church. Just go advertise. Come on, so many people in Africa, in, in Singapore, in, in, in Korea, in China, so many people want to be a pastor. What's wrong with the church? Why are they? And we have such great need. Don't do that. God knew there was a great need, but it was not God's timing because it was not God's person yet. Samuel was not born yet. Now Samuel is born. Now, God calls Samuel personally. Now, God says, you will be a prophet. We'll see next week. So, dear friends, don't go by need. I'm not saying that the church don't do anything when there is a need. We perform all our human responsibility with a great clarity that it must be a called person. And this person has displays the confirmation of the call. How? Some of the things afterwards. It must be clear. Not quickly solve this problem, just bring someone in. Don't do that. Keep going back to chapter 2. How painful it was. How painful it was. The teaching will fail. The church will compromise and so on. All right? So the church must do something, but with that great clarity in our hearts. That's why you must understand why it's a true call. Now then, the next one. The worst kind of need. The worst kind of need. And we must never do this ever or again. Many people like to come to Australia. I began to realize that, which was very opposite to me. I didn't like to come to Australia. I avoid any business trip that comes to Australia. And my, my employees keep wondering, why does he not go? Why is he always sending me? I just somehow have no interest in Australia. I don't like the food. I like it now, right? I don't like the food. I, I don't like the time difference. I don't like the country, all right? Just not interested. I won't even plan a holiday in Australia. Never come to Australia for a holiday unless it's a by-the-way trip because of business. But I've come to realize many people like to come to Australia. I get emails from them um, and so on. And then when I was called to come here, I have people in Singapore say, hey, you know, Joseph, I was actually called there, you know, that kind of thing. Then I was thinking, if you're called there, then why are you not there? Why don't you go? Because I don't want to go. <laughs> And people keep telling me, well, actually, I was there. You know, where you're going, I should be there. It was my place, you know. But, but. So I didn't realize that people want to come here so much. The worst kind of need is this. The church have a need. You have a need to, be, to have a PR. You want to come to Australia. That's your need for whatever reason. So our both need met must be providence. It is not about need. That's the worst kind, I think. Have God called the person? Remember that. Have God specifically called the person specifically to this church? Specific call. Not just called. Alright, so please understand this thing. My whole point about this is understand these things for the protection of the church. If you don't, you will just keep questioning why? Why not this person? What's wrong? And all that. And when the person is the wrong person, because you like the person, you keep supporting the person the church will suffer. You will suffer. Your generations after, after that will suffer. So no a true call. Now, then lastly, right, lastly. Now, how to evaluate some of this? Is it true or not? One of the things, well, I'll say three things, all right? First and foremost, evaluate the character. The character. Here, God brings up some character of, characteristic of Samuel to us. And God said, I'm, I call Samuel, and I want you to know his character here. Now, before I go there, I want to say this. You can be called. Please know that. So for yourself to learn, for, my, for me to learn, for the church to learn, a person may be genuinely called. Because you have to admit, Eli was the high priest. 
Not by chance. God put him there. He was born into that line. And he would be born into a specific line under Aaron. So definitely Eli was called and meant to be the high priest. Likewise, his children, born into that line. So they were chosen by God. My point is this. Look at all of them. They failed. They failed. So the church must learn. It can be a called person, but the person can fail God. The person can be someone who, even though called, but will not be the priest, will not be the pastor that he ought to be. So don't think that, well, called, right? It's very genuine, you know? All those things meet. Okay, just take, because it's called. Pastor said must be called. He's dead now, right? But please remember, the Bible also says, watch the character. Called doesn't mean anything yet. Now, what about the character of Samuel? Do you know the character of um, the sons of Eli, the sons of and, the, and Belial himself? You know. Now, first thing, first thing. Found faithful. Faithful. Now, if you look at God's description of Eli again and again, we saw that. Look at verse, chapter 2, verse 11. And the child Eli did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. God say, he was just faithfully serving. Then after that, he described how terrible the children, the sons were, or the sons of Eli were. All right? And then in verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. Sprinkle another one. All right? And then it goes on and on, and how terrible the, the bad priests were, and Eli himself. And then verse 26, and Samuel grew on and was faithful in both uh, with both the Lord and also with men. Faithfully serving, right? Found favor. Yes, check the person's faithfulness. Now, what kind of faithfulness in specific? Well, how faithful in service? Number one. That person can be called, can say it's called, but may choose to be lazy, careless. See how they serve. See how they serve elsewhere. But this particular faithfulness is found in him not being... So I guess the second thing is genuine convictions. He is faithful because he had genuine convictions. Now, how do we know from the story? He was exposed daily to the sons of Belial priests. He was exposed to Eli daily, and he saw Eli's failures. He saw his big brother, so to speak, um, 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 Hophni and um, the other son. He's Phinehas. He saw how how um, self-centered, what kind of priest they were. But he was never influenced. God said he just ministered to the Lord. He ministered to the Lord. Not influenced at all. And God, he found favor with God. Convictions, my friends, is what make a person faithful. Now you check their stand. When, do they stand alone? That is one of the things we used to check. Whether we sponsor some, um, support some missionary in the field that all around compromise, even their classmates compromise. But when they serve in the land, they would rather stand alone, have no church, no salary, and continue to do the work of God. Faithfulness, conviction. Check that. Now, some people, they sway. They move around, right? Easily influence, change, go with the flow. Well, I will also support anti-VPP. I will support VPP. They may have a call, but they're people without convictions. Fail, like Eli and sons. Now then, so genuine convictions, the next one, all right? Will not succumb to pressure. Test that. Now Samuel must have gone through a lot of pressure. Doing right when everyone is doing wrong, what, you're trying to show we are wrong? All right? But God keeps saying, but, and he used the word but, but means contrasting. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. Right? He did not change under pressure. Now then the next one. How reliable. Not how much they can do, not how capable. Because one of the things that we tend to fall into this is this. The person is called, and you look, wow, the person did a lot of things in this church, in that church, very, very, well, does a lot of things. Means nothing if the person is not reliable. What do I mean by that? Now, until today, I, I see some of the pastors, all right? Um, you 
probably don't know them. I met them in Bible college days or in my previous churches. People called to the ministry. Um, they're wandering priests, wandering pastors. During this time, one of the characteristics of the priests, besides that they are not teaching God's word, they are self-centered, they were priests that were hirelings. They are priests that sell out, sell their services to people, personal priests. You know that from the book of Judges. So the characteristic of the priest then, they just wander around, go from place to place where they're not supposed to be. What is this priest doing here? They're there, hey, you need a priest? I can offer my services. Those were the priests then. Wandering priests. Well, there are pastors who are like that. Check. The pastor is moving from church to church. I know of such people. And they try to befriend you on Facebook. Be careful. Almost every one year or two, they are changing churches. Next church, more money. Next church, nicer country. Next church, bigger, bigger congregation. Next church, whatever it is. Now, when you see people like that, no matter how great they are, and I've known some of this, they are really very gifted. They preach very well, right? Very good at um, 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 doing Bible studies. Very gifted. A lot of work is done. But please don't be taken in by that. Convictions. Now, have you not met pastors? They come to the church. I want to come to your church. Or someone asks, come to BPCWA. Wow, pretty good. Australia, you know. And then they come. But the moment they hear another church offering them a place, wow, somewhere else, better than Australia, they pack up and go. They leave the flock behind, suffering without a pastor. These were the priests then. Maybe the other tribe has more rich people. I will go to that tribe and offer my services. That was what the priests were doing then. Know a true call, and not only know a true call, know the true characters in the call. They will leave this flock, let them die. Now, church, don't be so foolish. And weep and cry and, and send them off. Tell them, thank you very much. You would leave us abandoned... Then I begin to rush. You abandoned the other congregation to come here, and now you're abandoning us? Please don't come back. Not send off and say, please come back if you can. Don't be foolish. All right? You will destroy the church. And then when they go somewhere else, when you ask them to come back, uh, let me see. Wow, the congregation is bigger now. Huh? More rich people. Yeah, yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back. Don't be so foolish. Know a true call, know the true character. There are those who are willingly, they willingly now leave that flock and come back to the flock which they leave. This is very common in the ministry. So what I'm trying to say is this, church, don't be so foolish and take them back. These are wandering priests. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus called them the hirelings. The shepherds that are the hirelings means they work for their own benefit. That is all. Know a true call. I repeat this again and again and know the true character. Don't, we have need. We have, we have, um, we have a good fit. And, we, we need, we, and this person we know and we like the person. Be objective, all right? Now, if I'm one day like that, please make sure that you shut the door and don't welcome me back. The church don't deserve me. Please know that, all right? Now, so recognize wandering priests. In other words, they are wolves in sheep's clothing in the end of that. They're here to fleece you. That's all. No matter how they smile. Now, in fact, these are the ones that you will love. You will love because they always want to keep the back door open to come back. Things may change there. So they will, when they are here, why do the priests fail? Why do the pastors fail? Because as long as they are here, they will give you what you want. You want the church to be a community-like center? Or okay, I'll give it to you. You want to come music? I'll give it to you. You want anybody to come out here and preach and, and, and chat? I'll give it to you. You want women to do this and that, uh, that men should do? I'll give it to you. Why? Because when I need to come back, you will open the door to me, right? They will not do what is in God's heart. And this is, this is what it leads to the next one. They are not men pleasers. They are not doing things for pride. How do we know that? Am I making that up? Now, I want you to notice chapter 2, verse 11. And the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Unto the Lord. Please be clear. Every time God talks about, about him minister, he makes it clear. Look at verse, chapter 2, verse 18. Samuel ministered before the Lord. It's always the Lord, not Eli. 
if he mentioned Eli, it's unto the Lord first. And then I want you to look at chapter 3. All right, chapter 3. Or actually, chapter 3, verse 2. Chapter 3, verse and, and here, the temple of Lord, where the ark was got, and Samuel was laid down. Uh, sorry, verse 2. Sorry, I copied it wrongly. Chapter 3, verse 2. All right, I copied it wrongly. So ignore that for now. Now, um, so it's always Samuel ministering unto the Lord. All right, unto the Lord. Ah, verse, sorry, chapter 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. It's always the Lord. Means God is now making clear we know. The priest... The pastor, the full-time worker, ministers to God, not to the people. He, of course, he ministers to the people, but it's always because he do it unto the Lord. In other words, not for pride, not for recognition. There are people like that. Please know that. Now, if you ever think that you want to go to the ministry because you like the attention, then you're not ministering unto the Lord, though you may be called. There are people in the ministry who who they, would, they willingly let projects go haywire. They willingly let projects go down the drain because they do not get the recognition. We meet those people. If it's not credited to my name, don't care. Oh, everything going wrong, never mind. And when I step in, I solve it, it's my name. You ask them, why did you not solve it? Well, it's not my name. Unto who? Unto themselves. So be very careful and check and know. You know, here is where sometimes I want to say, I don't know whether to say this. Do you know who knows this best? The people that work with these workers. Sometimes you serve in churches, and very often among pastors we say, you know, if you were to tell the congregation that this person is like that, no one will believe us. No one will believe us. Because in front of people, they are totally different person. Smiling, very kind, and seems to be very self-sacrificial and all that. Or it can be full-time workers, it can be um, people in session, and so on. No one will believe us. It's very common for pastors to say that. Who would know? The pastors, the session, the board that works with these people. So there are things that sometimes is very difficult when, when we turn some people down. God knows the heart. In fact, God says it very clear. Unto the Lord. He always says, for me to see, that is all. Not for men to see, not for pride. And God says he found favor in my, in my eyes. All right, so the pride, the heart's motives, in other words, not to gain recognition and so on. And then lastly, all right, and we, and we close. There's a genuine burden to serve, a genuine burden. When every time, well, look at the first time, he said, he thought that Eli called him, and what did he do? Verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5. He ran to Eli. What time was it? Past sleeping time. Dark already. He was assigned to look after Eli, most probably. Assigned to help Eli do things in the temple. He ran to Eli. No, now, if you ever hear a full-time worker say, you know, wow, so busy, uh, weekend. Better not, you know, we'll have to wake up so early. And then the whole day, well, better don't. There's no burden to serve. If you ever hear any full-time worker say, please do not call me on my off day. Please do not call me after office hours. This was after office hours. Please don't, all right? Now, I'm not saying we be slave drivers, all right? So don't go home and text me every day now at midnight. I welcome the call, anything that has a problem. But there are people who are like that. Please, certain days, don't call me. I'm, I'm not contactable. There is no burden. He ran. Second time, went again. Third time, went again. No such thing as silly old man, waste my time, right? It's after hours, hours, I'm going to leg it. That was his heart. God recorded this four times, three times to show us, to show us how teachable, how, how, how much of a burden is it, or anything to do with temple, anything you need, he ran, all right? He's not saying, I'm going to be next in line, you know, Eli? You know, your son's probably not going to make it. Why should I serve you? So all this, my friends, so with all that, I hope, I hope that we all learn. As a church, as an individual, as a person who is seeking whether God has called you, as a person who has been saying you want to be a missionary and you are called and all that, be clear what is a true call. Let us rise to sing the closing hymn. Let us rise to sing the closing hymn.
459, shall we rise him 459, 459. 